everyone. I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. What is happening in your orbit? Oh, there's so much going on here. The AFL season is back, and I am so ready for it. And at the same time, I'm definitely not ready for the sleep depth that comes with it. That part is getting harder and harder to manage year after year. Tell me if you feel the same way for any Americans or internationals who are following the game. Fortunately, Essendon played at a reasonable hour over the weekend. And fortunately, it was pretty much over about 15 minutes into it. We'll put a pin in that for later, though. I'm so excited to talk about some of the other games. It's March Madness right now, too, for college basketball, if you care about that. The weather's getting nicer here, and there's just an infusion of this real NYC energy with the hustle, and I feel like I blinked, and the last two weeks flew by. That dynamic, creative, like, busyness, that fast and furious feeling that's so hard to describe to people who, you know, I mean, you guys get it. It's not so much the city bouncing back, though. I feel like it's almost this operating mode. If it makes any sense of just like gritting your teeth and getting on with it pandemic in the background at all and beyond there's this drive again and I'm just feeling that vibrancy all over again (laughs) but right off the top we do have to talk about Shane Warren who actually had a heart attack and he passed away suddenly at age 52 it was really shocking news I remember when Andrew texted me and I actually thought that you know he spelled a name wrong or something. Um, Shane Warren State Funeral, though, will be at the G on March 30th. And Shane was such a lovable rogue. From my perspective, you know, I actually knew him as a commentator and then as a cricket player. And I know it's the other way around everywhere else in the world. But sometimes when you start watching a game and you pick up like where it is, you don't always know the history of what happened before until you look into it. But he was just so fun and he had a sense of humor and he was goofy even. And if you play super coach, he's always been on the landing page. So veil to Shane Warren, the spin king. There was this beautiful tribute to him before the St. Kilda versus Collingwood game and his kids were actually part of the coin toss. So just a really moving moment before the game. So really that news coupled with the ongoing war in Ukraine, honestly, just a reminder to not take anything for granted, guys. Look after yourselves, you know, not every day is promised. Check your cholesterol levels maybe and tell the peeps that you adore that you care about them and how much you love them. Speaking of super coach and my team, after a lot of messing around and changing it just before lockout, I forgot to optimize my team. I know, a rookie mistake. So I had, you know, my better players, like the senior players, accidentally on the bench. It was a whole mess. And I mean, even Andrew beat me and he doesn't even really play. So tell me how your team went for the round. But let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts and where we're at now in NYC. Honestly, we've just been working the last couple of weeks. Nothing too exciting. We celebrated our friend Sean's birthday with an amazing dinner out and our really good friends that 
I told you about recently where we went axe throwing with them. They moved out of the state. So that's really sad for us. I feel like a lot of our friends are jumping shit from the city. And I guess we've just been going overboard with our hot sauces. I mean, you all know how much we love YouTube show Hot Ones. And (laughs) by we going overboard, I definitely mean Andrew. So we now have an entire drinks cabinet that is just full of hot sauces. I'm not kidding. I might have to post a pic on my Insta story. So be on the lookout for that. And I mean, what else is going on? I have a friend's bachelorette party coming up next weekend. So not this weekend for round two, but end of the month. So if I go dark, just a heads up, I'm totally fine. I'll just be updating again my Insta stories and you can kind of catch me in all of the action there because it's in Chicago. I actually think I have to catch up on last week's or the last episode too. So I'm sorry about that. Be on the lookout just on Insta for all those stories. But tell me what's going on in your world, guys, and what you're binge watching or any series that you're starting and just what you thought of this weekend in sport. I'd love to know it all. AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail and AFL Obsessed on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook if you want to share. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and highlights. As for headlines, the biggest story is not even gameplay related. Okay, so Bevo's behavior and actions in the post-game press conference, you knew this was coming, and his exchange with Tom Morris and the ensuing aftermath. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, so... Let's just get that suitcase out for now and we'll check it and all the baggage that comes with it, like TSA style later in this episode in Act 2, because we that's just like a whole mess. <laughs> no Jared Healy on the couch anymore. One of my fave people. He brought such a dignified and classy presence to the show. I'm a big fan. He was a host of it for 20 years. And I remember... When he made the announcement last year about his retirement, but I really felt his absence this last week on the show. But I'm happy that he's still commentating games for footy and that we'll still be able to hear his thoughts in that way. And Peggy O'Neill is leaving as president of the Richmond Football Club at the end of this year. She's ready to let someone else have the fun. One of our absolute favorites here. I loved having her on the show last season. I'm sure you all remember. It's just I'll always be interested and we will as fans in her future endeavors. And we just love seeing her get around the footy. As for highlights, just some moments from the games of round one, guys. Some surprising results. Let's start with Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs. Okay. So first, we had to sit through a legit replay of the grand final. (laughs) The same kind of momentum swings happened. It was very much a deja vu, like mirror image game. And I know I'm probably alone on this, but I'm not sure I'm a fan of the immediate opening round rematch after actually watching it. Okay, don't come for me. That said, you guys know that I wanted to see the unfurling of the flag this year, in particular because Melbourne ended their drought after all these years. It was a huge win. I loved seeing Ron Brassi and all the legends of the club 
just on the ground for the moment and getting to share that moment with all of their fans. I mean, there's nothing better than that. So tell me if you're yay or nay, though, about, I guess, like, yay or no way about that grand final rematch. I know the crowd was a little less than expected. In the Carlton versus Richmond game, Sam Doherty's comeback goal in the second quarter. I don't know about you guys, but there were just tears on my end. And I'm definitely not a Blues fan, (laughs) as you know, but I'm a big fan of that man. And there was just such great commentary, too. It was just like the best moment I felt and a really great game for Carlton. And in the Adelaide versus Frio game, this game was really exciting. I genuinely could not take my eyes off of the screen for that game, especially in the last like 10 minutes, the last five minutes, especially that ending, the one point game, the effort in defense that really saved that goal and point and really the teams from ending on a draw was just it was like a heart stopping moment for me. And their debutante, Josh Rochelle, kicked five goals for their team on debut. That just doesn't happen every day. We'll asterisk that (laughs) with another player from the weekend. And last but not least, I just want to mention the West Coast versus Gold Coast game because Maddie Rowell, I mean, he is back in business. I Honestly, you all know my thoughts. I've shared it. I didn't think he was 100% when he came back last year. No doubt going forward, though, he is back and playing at that percentage. There was definitely a dodgy, unpaid free kick that should have gone his way. And you know when that happens, I always got to check in those circumstances that Twitter page has the umpire made a bad decision. (laughs) Should have been paid, though. Tell me what you think. Okay, that's all for the exciting moments. I'm going to take a little breather because now for the baddies. Geelong versus Essendon. Obviously, it pains me (laughs) to say, feel, and just see this and have to even talk about it and review it. But we've started the season at the bottom (laughs) of the ladder. And it's not even in, and now we hear, like, state of affairs. Hopefully, I can say that at the end of the season. Or let's be real, just a few rounds further into the season. And I know that Jezza got admitted to the hospital for possible internal damage at the end of the game since he was having trouble breathing. But I felt like that throughout the entire game. I'm glad he's okay, by the way, because the team just. It's not even about not working hard enough. There was no fight in them in all caps. So. It's not even like there were passengers on the team. They were passive. Like, it's going to be a long season. (laughs) What did I say last time? You know, that enthusiasm and that optimism was probably going to last, like, right up until the first bounce of round one. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to have to quote myself on that. I mean, Lloydy even commented that the team was playing bruise-free footy. I think Robbo referenced it too. That's just about the worst thing that you could say about player and team effort, that the players were trying to play a game where they don't get hurt. It genuinely looked like every single player was debuting and it was their first AFL game on the Don side. And I mean, I could point out maybe three players who tried, like Archie Perkins, Sheila McGraw, thank you. Honestly, it reminds me of... 
the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> and they're kind of famous for, quote unquote, never being beaten. And the Harlem Globetrotters always play the Washington Generals. And the reference really I'm trying to make here is that they always beat the Washington Generals. And the Washington Generals honestly always put up, well, they put up more of a fight than I saw in almost every Essendon player on the field. By the way, <laughs> the games that I'm talking about with the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals, it's a theatrical performance and it's scripted. Like, they are paid to lose, okay? <laughs> so it's just such an indictment for our team that our best player was the actual debutante who also Nick Martin managed to kick five goals in his debut game. I mean, I don't know what Hobbs is up to Durham. Like let's throw those guys in the mix, you know, Alec Waterman, <laughs> I guess, you know, that is the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Martin kind of kicking that I'm really proud of him and the rising star nomination that comes with that. I'll take it, and we never have to speak about the game again. But I will say, with the five-goal debut, it really reminds me of Phil Thorpe's debut last year, where he also kicked five, and his team also lost. So I don't know if there's a trend here. We don't have to kick five then. I would just like the win, <laughs> but we have to move on. But what did you guys honestly think about, you know, your team, the games, and the round? I'll let you even talk about Essendon. <laughs> My email's aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on socials. Okay, it's intermission. <laughs> so quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. I'm sure you all saw that Tom Brady announced he's coming back for a 23rd season. So he had a very short timeline for retirement. I know the story out there that's floating around is that someone bid on his final game ball and paid a whole bunch of money for it. And then he came out of retirement. And baseball is also coming back. They've ended their lockout. I know we discussed that in the last episode. And yeah, March Madness is happening. So there's lots of weekends of college basketball. Unfortunately, my team is now out. They did win the first round. They lost the second round. So between the Spartans and the Essendon game, it was just a really deflating sports weekend on this end. And, you know, I got to have my snippet of the Nets here because that's just what I do. So Kyrie Irving, I know we've talked about him. He is not vaccinated. We all know that. And in New York, he's not able to play. If you're unvaccinated in the state on our courts, however, visiting teams with unvaccinated players are allowed to play on our courts. So someone please advise because I don't understand that. So not this past weekend, but the weekend before Kyrie actually went to support his teammates. So he bought a courtside seat ticket and he watched the game that way and was cheering and supporting his team that way. He was not wearing a mask. And I just want to point out, he's basically also on the court at that point. So why is there seemingly a double standard? I will never understand. Okay. End of rant. Thanks for always letting me get my nuts feelings out here. And now we're on to act two, where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. All right, guys, let's bust out that suitcase. 
that we kind of stored to the side of the room. And let's just open up Pandora's box. Because there was such an odd exchange during the post-game press conference that I referred to earlier. And I definitely really want to chat about it with you all. So basically, for anyone who missed, like, the drama, this all started when Tom Morris was on the couch earlier in the week, and he relayed a story about Lockie Hunter basically wasn't named to the team on the senior list, and he was dropped from the doggies list for round one. You know, I was pretty surprising. Was that controversial? There was a conversation about it, and if that was the right move. And then cut to Bevo at the press conference after the game, and it's Tom Morris's turn, so he asked him a question, and Bevo just went on a tirade and a rant, and he addressed Tom in a very berating way without raising his voice and screaming, not that it was any less scary, because he launched into a very personal and verbal attack. So you got to wonder what that situationship is in totality behind the scenes. What exactly did Tom Morris do to Bevo? I'm sure there's more to the story there. And I'm not going to repeat the extent of the rant, but it was pretty scathing. You know, I feel like Bevo really came for Tom Morris. He called him a gutter journalist. Sidebar. Okay, he was right about that one, but not for the reasons he thought. More on that later. So... When he claimed that Tom Morris, this is Bevo, by the way, who as a Melbourne supporter was just preying on the doggies endlessly and causing this inner turmoil at the club and with his conflict of interest, he was basically operating without any integrity or ethics as a media persona. And basically, he was just releasing mic-breaking trash. And he said that Tom Morris is an embarrassment to the profession and basically just ended the press conference. And he kind of walked off and he really wouldn't let Tom get in any kind of rebuttal. And then he just kind of, you know, cut the lights and like pulled the plug on everyone else. I've genuinely never seen anything like that before in terms of with footy. The only thing that I really can compare it to in recent memory for me, I guess would be Sam Edmund breaking the story when he broke that story about Trelore and the Collingwood camp came out and just said it was not true. And they pushed back hard on that story about Trelore kind of his final experiences with the team and his teammates and also maybe his like final before his departure like coach, feelings, et cetera, the whole debacle. And it turned out he was right, though. Like, Sam Edmund was right. So anyways, back to the press conference. The next day, Bevo apologized for his actions and words, which, you know, we all expected. I know the club kind of came out and made their statements also. And then, I know, <laughs> there's a little bit more to the story. At the end of the day, coincidentally or not, someone from Tom Morris's friends slash colleagues WhatsApp group maybe leaked a chat, which was basically video of him speaking about a female colleague. And 
I mean, it's a wholly unrelated incident. I won't get into it where he was basically making comments about the colleague who he also happened to out in the process and who I'm I'm honestly not going to name out of respect because it was just it's wholly inappropriate. Um, and I guess Damo on the sounding board has said that some people in AFL circles were aware of that audio before the leakage. But anyways, it took us all by surprise. And you got to think, I mean, I can't help but feel that someone was waiting or someone's for that exact moment to release that info and audio. It's like life ruiner adjacent in terms of for Tom Morris. And I mean, obviously, catastrophic like blowback and everything that happened to the colleague he was also referring to who he named um I mean I know that my heart actually stopped when all of that came out and just having to think about what she was going through and also just revealing something so private and personal in a public space like that it's just the ultimate disrespect and Emma Race, I think, said it best in her tweet. You know, get around your favorite women in sports journos today. Because the way one of our own was talked about today is what we all fear we are reduced to when we leave the room. I mean, just, you know, be considerate of other people's feelings. I can't even believe that happened. I know that I'm sending, like, all the strength and love and vibes to the individual who that happened to and all of my women in sports today and every day. So now it's the after show, guys, where, you know, in more positive, I guess, media news, <laughs> I don't want to end this show on that note from before. I am just celebrating right along with you guys and waiting anxiously for Buddy to... Hit that thousand. Um, he is trending on his goal count. And after the weekend, he is at 996. So we've got four more to go on the buddy goal count. If you go onto the AFL website, they actually have a video compilation of every goal he's ever kicked in his AFL career. <laughs> it's a pretty long video, by the way. And I think it's called Chasing a Thousand. Arguably, to me, he is uh, the best center half forward to ever play the game. <laughs> Don't come for me. And honestly, that goes for people I feel like who have played against him, on him, retired players. You know, is he center half? Is he a full forward? The positions have changed so much. But I'm just so excited for that moment when it happens because he will be only the sixth person in VFL-AFL history to hit that. And I don't know if that will be happening in future. So I really hope that the moment that happens, whatever ground it's on, that everybody gets to swarm <laughs> the stadium ground and just celebrate and cheer, like maybe not in his face, but along with him. <laughs> but that's it for me, guys. Thanks for sharing a part of your day with me and keeping me company. So hopefully I'm doing that for part of your day. But thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. And let me know what you think. <laughs> thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy because it's back. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon. <laughs>